healing is possible. We share stories of people everywhere who have healed from their diagnoses. Powered by HealthRevolution.org I'm your host, Dr. Anup Kumar. Welcome to the Healing is Possible podcast. My guest today is Maya Payal-Mitra. Maya is an award-winning employee engagement and career transition coach with over 15 years work experience. She was named as one of the pioneering leaders working with movement therapy and one of the top women entrepreneurs working on mental health. In her corporate stint, Maya has successfully led enterprise-wide transformational projects. Her motto is to live life by design and not by default. Maya, please share with us your story of healing. Thank you so much, Anouk, for having me here in your podcast today. So uh, my journey started off, I think, the initial first three decades of my life. I spent pretty much what I call the scripted life. The scripted life meaning something that, you know, the society and the culture scape tells us that this is the way you lead your life. And so I pretty much ended doing everything that was like a checkbox. And so I, I went into engineer. I, I did my engineering. I went to B school. I, I got my, I bagged my first job at the, at, at, you know, one of the top most technology firms, the, the most largest and the most valued technology firms in the world at that time. And thereafter moved on from one tech company to the other and having work experience of being into a big four consulting firm as well. It was, it was around 2012, that is when I, I discovered and I started, uh, you know, finding this whole disassociation of my body. And it was, it was in 2012 that I actually hit rock bottom. I found that I was paralyzed on bed for several months. I was on borderline alcoholism and was, was on a case of depression. And that is when I knew that something wasn't right in my life and something had to change, something had to shift. And I just didn't know how to, how to, how to work on it and what is it that needs to shift on the external life, I had everything. I had a good job, a fat paycheck, and I was really winning at it. In many words, people would say, you're killing at it. But then something within me was not feeling right. That was the moment when I realized that I had to do something different. And for me, what was, what was it that was different? It was, it was this one you know, ad that I actually saw on a Friday evening in a newspaper of a workshop. And it was a movement therapy workshop. As a child, I've always loved dancing as a form, as an artistic form, as a way of expression. Uh, but here it was talking more about the therapeutic and the healing aspect of dance and movement that really got my eye. And I was just curious to know what was this. And I just turned up to the event the next day. And in that two hour session, what happened was remarkable, was really transformational for me because at a time when I was really struggling from low self-esteem, I was really struggling with really sitting with my emotions. This was one two hours workshop that gave me so much of a positive boost that really told me that life is not all about sitting in a cubicle and working nine to nine. Life is there's so much more to life than I probably have experienced at that point in time. And that is when you know, I just got curious about what is movement therapy and how can I learn more about it? So I actually reached out to the person who was conducting the session and, and had a word with her. And she said, if you're really interested and curious, why don't you sign up for this, you know, uh, this, this course, which is actually happening 
for the first time in India. So in 20, that was in 2014 in India, when Tata Institute of Social Sciences started their first batch of dance movement therapy. And I happened to be a part of that first batch of students. And I come in from a very different background. I applied to the course with a lot of skepticism because the course clearly mentioned that this is a course for people with a sociology or a psychology background. And here I was an engineer and a management grad with a big four <laughs> you know, experience trying to do something completely different. But for me, it was more of a curiosity that led me onto that path. And thereafter, I think probably they liked my essay and the way I was able to present myself in, in course of the interview that they gave me a spot in that particular course. And I happened to become, I mean, I, I trained myself to become a certified dance movement therapy practitioner. And during the course of those, you know, nine plus months of our training sessions, that was purely a journey for me of self-discovery. I actually explored so much of life in me and so many dimensions of my life that, that kind of came open, that opened up to me that I didn't really know existed before. Like for, for example, I never knew that I actually can become an entrepreneur or have an entrepreneurial streak in me. I just did the check mark thing, did my engineering, B school, got a job and I thought I'm done with it. But then I didn't even know that this is something I may want to explore and I have a chance at exploring. My entrepreneurial spirit kind of, you know, got, got that, that butterfly kick, I guess. And then, then I also explored myself in terms of traveling, solo backpacking to 30 plus countries. I gained so much of confidence in myself slowly, slowly through all these, you know, all these several feats that I was, I was going through. And thereafter, I also transformed my physical health from being a couch potato at some point in time and being on the scale of obese to therefore now running marathons and thereafter also launching employee well-being and corporate well-being program within the organization that I, that I was working for previously and also becoming a health and fitness ambassador within the organization. So all of this led on to my next story, which was I, I realized that if this has actually helped me so much on an individual personal level, this has the potential to transform lives. And I told myself that how can I help others who are probably in a similar boat? Can I bring the, this to more people? And how can I reach out to these people? Because I, for one, knew that in the first place, I didn't know to whom should I reach out and how do I ask for help? And, and as you may also know, uh, Anup, that even today, mental health therapy are, ta are taboo topics in India, right? It's a, it's a highly stigmatized topic. And, and for many a times, we don't really seek therapy. We don't really talk about this a lot. And therefore, I think that was also my, my inner mission that I really took on to myself, that I want to bring it more to corporates and to organizations, because many a times, we don't even know what is it that people are struggling with. On the external world and the external you know, factor, it may look like we are all happy and successful, but are we really? Because when we actually ask a question of how are you, we don't really wait for the answer. And many a times when people say, I'm fine, that is when we need to probe a little further. That's That's been my journey so far. So can you take us in a little bit more into that process for you? So it sounds like this period when you were, you said you were kind of in bed and paralyzed. Do you mean that you just had no energy or you didn't have like the will no, to get I out was... of bed and go through your day? 
no i was paralyzed because i i had a i had i i had this minor slip disc and so i couldn't get up from bed and move so i was on bed for two months and the the pain was so much that i couldn't even lift my hand to take a spoon and eat my food and those two months of just lying on bed and looking at the ceiling and i was i was just reflecting back of how much of my life blood and energy i have given to my work to the project that i was leading but this is where i was the pain the struggle the trauma that i was going through my body was experiencing was all true for myself and at a time when my project ha- was actually winning the awards in different platforms i wasn't there to get the award i wasn't there and so it 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 told me a really big story that how much so many of us we actually neglect our health at the cost of what and that is what it was my inner you know inner calling that really asked me to what are we really chasing in life and that was a question i really had to you know sit through that got me into this new new journey of of becoming a entrepreneur and really working on holistic well being as an approach and this is something that i live by myself and which is what i also share with others in spreading the awareness and promoting overall well being and what was your approach initially you had the severe back pain and and you're in bed and you can't move did you do all the doctor's visits did you do all the medications sure. did you do all the the x-rays or mris and like what Absolutely. was your process of trying to get through this initially what was your conventional process so initially so so this is interesting also to answer you know because initially i was on that traditional you know path of following the regular scheme of medicine what medical doctors prescribe and tell you so i i went to see a doctor they gave me physiotherapy exercises and several other things that needed to be taken care of in terms of medication in terms of going to the scanning all of that whatever is prescribed as per to the medical doctors i went through all of it but even after following everything to the t i i i just felt that there was something off there was something off i was just not feeling like myself and that is when my inner journey called me towards something more deeper more meaningful that was also the time i think i was on the verge of experiencing spirituality from that aspect and that is when i really started because when you are on bed for 2 plus months with nobody around to talk to the only person you can talk to is yourself right and i think that was the time when i had a lot of internal conversation happening a lot of internal conversation happening and in several of those conversations it came about i really knew that this is the only time i'm going to be on bed like this ever and i'm going to transform my health and when i said health it was not just the physical health but my physical mental emotional health because for one i knew that i wasn't really um sitting with the discomforting emotions which i had to really unpack i was in a i was in an abusive toxic relationship that had taken a huge toll on my mental physical emotional uh, life which thereafter was also you know showing in my professional life as well but i didn't really put that much of thought to set aside time to do something about it and that's when i realized that these are couple of things i really need to start looking at and that's when you know my my entire spiritual journey my transformational journey my healing process started so yes it started with the with the old school conventional medical assistance 
You know, what's really striking about your story that I think happens a lot, but we don't actually name it. And so when we don't name something, we don't often see the importance of it, right? But what you just named and described is uh, you talked, one of the first things you said is the scripted life, right? The scripted life you led of your education and, and doing very well and, and having all the right things in the eyes of society, apparently. Um, and then, but then here you are like in a, in a, in a difficult place, in a dark place by yourself in a bed and you can't move and you can't lift up a spoon. And it's like, you are questioning now all the stories, right? It's like, wow. And, and the society is still telling you you're successful because your project is getting all these awards without you, um, but you're not there. And, and what, what you are naming to me, what I hear over and over that's not named is the integration that then happens. You're like, wait a second, there's the story over there, but then who am I, what am I about? My emotional health, my relationship, my spirituality, my entrepreneurial streak, like all of this, it's almost like you're on stage and all these spotlights come on, all the other characters, all the other areas of you, and you go through this process of, of grappling with this, right, in some way. Beautiful. I mean, I love the way you put it. it I think, so, so just to share this with you, you know, while I was on bed, as I mentioned, you know, uh, struggling with, with all of that I, I just mentioned before, that was also the time that I, being myself, I was like a little, I mean, I'm always a curious explorer. And so what I did was I booked myself on a flight. I went on a wheelchair and I landed up in a place where I had access to the beach. So basically I wanted to be very close to nature because that gave me a lot of time to think, reflect and integrate, like you said. And I think that it, it almost became like a staycation of some sorts because I said, okay, hey, you know what? If I'm anyways going to be lying on bed, watching the ceiling, why not watch something better in front of my eyes? So let me have a sea, seaside view. And that's when I said, okay, let's just book the ticket and boom, I was gone to a different place and a different location. And I think that became a part of my healing journey as well, because obviously being close to nature, I mean, nature has always been and will always be a part of my healing process. And I think that was, like you said, you know, the integration happened. And when I came back from that trip, I had my head buzzing with ideas. I had my, my life filled with joy, my body filled with energy because it was like, hey, you know what? This is almost feels like I have a different lease of life right now. I am entering the next phase of my life, which is perhaps the best phase of my life. And right now from here, I'm going to transform my life. So, so therefore the story of that, you know, of the of the uh, the cocoon now turning into a butterfly, that entire metamorphosis that started at that point in time. I think that's when I came back with a dream and a hope that this is something I want to work on with, which was working on movement therapy and bringing it more to the world. So it happened back then, but it definitely took some time for for it to materialize. To therefore for me to to say that hey, you know what, I'm done with my with my corporate stint. And now I'm finally going to hang my boots in the corporate setting and then set sail in the uncharted waters. That took some time because, of course, I had to take those calculated risks and informed decisions that I had to make. And, but it happened eventually, and I'm happy that it did. So are you saying that when you went to take the strip that you had to go in a wheelchair? You decided to get out yes. of bed and go and you had to go in a wheelchair? Yes. 
I, I had to be assisted all, uh, all along during the, the, the flight. Yeah. Yes. And I had someone come and pick me up from the airport and put me back into the Airbnb. Yeah. So you come back from this trip, you have new ideas, you're buzzing with energy, your body feels different. At what point after this do you encounter movement therapy and how do you get to a place from where you are in a wheelchair to you are starting to get in a course about movement therapy? What happens in that interval and how long is that interval? It was only a span of a couple of months actually, so to speak, because now that I was back into, you know, like my physiotherapy was happening. So I was back into regular, you know, functional life, day-to-day life. I was again going back to work, reporting back to office. And that was again, like on a Friday evening, I see this ad and I was like, okay, this is something interesting. Let me try it out. That's when the movement therapy workshop happened. And I got myself trained for the next nine, 10 months. And as an, as an interesting, you know, uh, experience to share with you also, Anup, at that point in time, because at that point in time, I was working in a big four uh, consulting firm and the environment, the working environment was completely different from this environment now where I was working with women from human trafficking background, helping them work on their body esteem issues through movement therapy. So this was, again, a very juxtaposition of the two worlds that I come from. And that told me that there is so much more to life than I probably have experienced until then. And so I decided that I am going to stop living the scripted life and live by design and not by default. And thereafter, the story follows. So so you're... Um, I'm kind of telling this story too. So just jump in if I'm not telling it correctly, but I'm just, I'm kind of seeing your story as you say it. So, you, you know, you're, you're back from this trip. You've kind of had this, this opening and this, this new way of thinking and doing, and you're continuing to do, continuing the physiotherapy. So your back is starting to get better too now, right? You're starting to feel better. You started to think in new ways. And now you start doing this physiotherapy. What are some of the, the first classes like? What are the initial movements that you're doing? And take us into the, this integration must now be in like overdrive because it started before and that led you to an activity and now you're doing that activity. So this process must have accelerated. And, and what are those initial movements and the initial therapeutic feeling? How's that? Sure. So I think, you know, the first thing about movement therapy that I learned during uh, or I experienced rather than learned, I experienced personally because Movement therapy is purely experiential. So everybody experiences it differently. And at that point in time where I was in my life, the experience was different from possibly what it would be now. Hmm. So, right. So, so it, was, it was at that point in time, like I mentioned, that I was in disassociation of my body, of my own emotional hygiene, of my own feelings. This got me closer to seeing myself to a larger degree and really seeing myself and owning my body and owning my emotions. And when I started having those conversations within myself, understanding my emotional hygiene, that is when the transformational shift happened. Movement, as you, as you, as you all know, that movement is medicine. Movement is life. At a time when a child is born, the first thing that a doctor Uh, sees is whether the child is moving or not, even before he or she starts to cry. And if they don't, they are probably declared as a stillborn. So movement is the first language that we as human beings learn. 
right and it's an integral part of our body and just to share this you know with you also is that this is not dance per se like while it is called dance movement therapy but it is nothing got to do with the artistic or performance oriented form of dance it is more about movement it is more about feeling yourself being in your body it's all about how you are embracing your body and everything that happens is within the framework of the body so as a movement therapy practitioner my work for any of the participants is to get them away from their mind and into their body coming home into the body because as you as you may also you know um uh, uh, associate this with is in the current scheme of things where we are having zoom fatigue as people say because of the entire you know covid and pandemic situation somehow we have also started disassociating ourselves with our bodies and we are just associating ourselves with the cognitive framework of the mind so this is until this is where our existence is for most for most people and that is where, that is also the reason you will see that there is a rise in terms of the number of people seeking for uh, for therapy perhaps and who the world health organization has actually declared depression as the new pandemic 48% of employees have reported having undergone severe stress in the last one year alone because of the disassociation of ourselves and and talk about the disassociation that we have also faced because of the social distancing right all of this has actually accelerated our process of now feeling social anxiety or feeling numb to some extent for different people it has actually shown up in different ways and therefore the the rise of having any sort of pain or these ease in the body which is a discomfort in the body right so yes that is how my my journey started wow you touched on a lot of things i was taking notes because i want to just comment <laughs> on a few of them um uh -huh. one is yes i mean movement is just it's so powerful it's one of our four engines as you know here at health revolution and and we think of it in very similar ways as you do in the sense that yes movement is movement to the body but it's also movement of our emotions is so critical you know and movement of our creativity movement of our thinking that integrative process that you're describing is a is a movement process of pushing and pulling and embodied practices as we call it yes embodied practices right um, and, you know, the, the idea of what you were talking about, Zoom fatigue, this, it really just um, accentuates something that we're already experiencing in society, which is um, dissociation from oneself, right? In the sense that the idea in society of, of association is itself very limited. And the idea that attention is focused here and attention cannot be focused in your toes or in your ankles or 10 feet beneath the body or 40 feet to the left of the physical structure. You know, these are, these are relatively foreign concepts in the modern culture because of a very limited understanding of human anatomy and physiology, right? A very constricted philosophy of human anatomy and physiology. So um, I think that's, that's right on. Movement is also, uh, you know, it is like you said, life itself. If the heart doesn't move, that is what we call. Oh death. yes. If yes. there's no corneal that's, that's reflex, one of my which favorite is movement. Examples that I that I use as well, like 
if you if you see the ECG machine since you're a doctor, so so it's always has to go up and down. That is movement, right? The yeah, moment it is, it better go straight. up and down. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. Otherwise, that's everybody knows that, right? <laughs> that's not that's not a good that's not a good sign. Sure. Um, the the breath, the chest goes oh, yes. up and down. Yes. The diaphragm Absolutely. goes up and down. Yes. Thoughts move. Emotions move. Electrical impulses move. I mean, the absence of all these is is what we define as as dying and what we define. Energy as moves. So basically, it's energy moving. So when energy is moving, the way you think also changes. It changes the way you think, and 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 you know sometimes it actually can form new neural networks. Rewiring of the thoughts of the old thoughts and patterns happen, which is why the, it can actually get into a therapeutic space as well. Yeah. And the other thing I want to touch on is you mentioned how like all the experts are saying now depression is a new thing with the pandemic. To me, I think, as I said, the pandemic accentuates the existing confusion in society, the existing misconceptions, whatever is not working gets magnified in any kind of an emergency. Right. And, and that that's in the ER, we see that all the time, whatever the, yes. the small fluctuations were that were not working, they basically get amplified in this situation. And, and there you go. In my view, this, this whole idea of saying that this, what is happening in the pandemic is depression. I think that's problematic because it, it, it kind of, um, what's the word? It reinforces the biomedical view of suffering. You know, and I think that's something that's missing. For example, with your back pain, you did the physio and it was helping in some way, but there was something that was missing. There was something that was not biomedical. You know, and you had to go beyond that. You could use the diagnosis for what it is, and you had to go beyond that diagnosis to sure. really do some sure. integrating and searching. And so, in my view, those like giving, especially in a pandemic situation, where you st it's not that all of a sudden people are developing something that we call depression. It's that the existing tendencies we have Absolutely. not addressed, yes. and we don't yes. even recognize them as a problem. Only when they reach some threshold, we give it a name and we say, "Whoa, let's do something." No, totally. that's kind of it's just come to the surface now, like you said, yeah. you know, everything's just come to the surface. Absolutely. So since then, since you started the movement and you've been doing this and now you're teaching this, how is your back pain doing? How is your mood? How are all those things now? So the fun part is that I actually use uh, movement and dance as a way of promoting well-being. And for myself, what I do is I actually use for myself at times when I want to cry, when, I, when I'm angry, when I'm happy. So this has become a way of expressing myself, right? This has become a way of expressing myself and the best way of expressing myself through the body, through the language of the body, within the framework of the body. And yes, I actually take this as an element to individuals, teams and organizations that are probably struggling with, let's say, low employment and low employee engagement challenges or have actually recruited their entire workforce remotely. Remote onboarding is the new thing right now, right? People have not even met their team members. And then we're talking about building trust. We are talking about team bonding. We're talking about connection. But when people have not even met in physical real life, it's hard to create those, those things, right? So this is one element that I work on when I'm working with teams and organizations. And also looking from a holistic point of how can we have better sense of purpose and belonging? 
sense of purpose and belonging within the organization or even in the larger dynamic of life in itself? What is your true north and how do you define your true north? And are you aligned? Are your personal values aligned to your organizational core values? If they are not, then perhaps you are in a different, different place. So many a times, you know, when people do not perform at their workplace, there are several things that may actually play up. It is never, it's, it's very rare that it is the technical skill or the know-how. Many a times, HR managers or team leaders are perhaps not even looking at those larger problems. And in my work, I help organizations and teams to, to come of become aware that these problems do exist and that we really need to provide a space for people to, to you know, be able to, to feel psychologically safe to share in a non-judgmental open space where they can be vulnerable. And that's what I do with my work within organizations and teams. Wonderful. So I have to ask you this. I saw in your bio that you're a Guinness mm -hmm. Book World Record participant. Please, yes, do, please right? do tell us this story. <laughs> it's actually one of the, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny to share about it also because it's one of the weirdest, I, I guess it's one of the weirdest, you know, uh, uh, record that I have because I participated in the largest, get me this, largest backward walking race backward walking uh -huh. so that was that was really it was really fun but yes i i did i did participate and i have a have a record in that order yes so when you say largest is this like the is this a, a ton of people on a line that are walking backwards yes. how many people yes ah uh, i wouldn't remember the number but but it was really at that time it was the largest and that's why it got the guinness book of world yeah. record but like people all over the place, like more than 20, 30, 40, 50 people? Absolutely. It must have been in hundreds. Yes. Which is why wow. it was weird because you have to be careful that you do not step on somebody, <laughs> right. you do not fall. And right. so there was definitely, there was a gap that we had, but right. you cannot see, right? What's happening right. behind. So right. it's all about intuition. So right. yes, I think that was fun in itself. Yes. Thank you. So... <laughs> The name of the show, Maya, is Healing is Possible. Mm. And when you hear this phrase, healing is possible, what does that mean to you? Healing is possible. When I hear this, I, I definitely see it as an affirmative because in my own personal transformational journey, I have, I have actually seen it, it being possible. And I think there is so much more than, than we actually have in the traditional conventional medical science that perhaps a lot of us are not really tapping into, maybe because of lack of awareness or maybe because of lack of willingness, whatever the case may be. But I think in my personal journey, once I figured that medical science can only help me this much, that is when for me, my inner transformational healing started on a very different platform. And right now, if I were to share you with the, uh, share this with you, is that I actually right now be, believe more in holistic well-being and alternate healing therapies. If you probably ask me for taking a pill for some disease, I may just say no, because right now I, I know that, I mean, this is my personal belief again, is that many of the pills are actually acts as suppressants. They suppress the symptoms and not really work on the root cause. So right now, I'm more of a believer of looking at the problems from a root cause perspective. 
whether it is through working with your emotions within the framework of the body or it is through possibly you know embracing clean eating habits or minimalism whatever the that that may work for you there are several things that one can actually adopt and find their own sweet spot in terms of what holistic well-being need for them so for me this is this is what it is stories shared here are the experiences of the speakers. They're not intended as medical advice. Join our network or simply share your story at healthrevolution.org. Healing is possible.